Hello. Yes, sir. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that as well. <laughs> uh, hello, my <laughs> name is Matias and welcome to the Fiasco podcast. This is how we're starting this time. Kevin was being uh, annoying and uh, interrupting the intro of this video, but either way, this is the Game Week 12.5 edition of FPL Scope podcast, I guess, because we are in the middle of an international break, which we both love so much, both me and Kevin. I think Norway are actually now completely out of uh, being even available to qualify for the Europa League, or Europa League, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Euros, uh, Europa League is on my mind because I'm a West Ham fan, but uh, yeah, I think Norway are now also like completely out of the realm of possibilities of being in the Euros, so we joined Sweden in not being part of the festivities this summer and uh, Kevin and I are not going to be part of the festivities either it seems like because we both got our tickets unsuccessfully or we applied for tickets and we were both unsuccessful in getting tickets both of us and all of our big friend group but either way international break no tickets aside how are you feeling Kevin and how are you feeling about the final international break for this season before we go into the hectic December schedule for FPL yeah, I couldn't care less, even though I'm actually attending an England game on Friday. <laughs> so it it feels sort of like a stupid feeling to have, considering the fact that I'm actually attending a game. But uh, I couldn't care less. I just want to go back to the club football. And yeah, I mean, it's maybe sounds very bitter for me as a Swedish, uh, you know, citizen and, um, you know, us being out of the euros and etc but at the end of the day i've never liked the international break i've only liked it when there's actual stakes and everything like that and when it's just a bunch of friendlies and no one cares and people come back injured from the international break and club flow is completely fucked it's just it's just irritating to be completely honest so the quicker it's gone and the quicker we're back into it the happier i am Yep. Well, what was not irritating for us this past game week was uh, Kostas Chimikas, who has been like the main talking point in FPL the last few game weeks, it seems like, because he joined Liverpool as the starter um, after Robertson got injured. It seemed like he was going to be a fantastic pick in FPL because, uh, yeah, defender for Liverpool with good fixtures, he was attacking and gets assists quite often. Um, and then he started two games, got two clean sheets, looked like he was fantastic. Then uh, I brought him in personally last game week. And uh, I don't know if you brought him in that game week. You brought him in the game week before, right? Didn't you get a clean yeah, sheet? Yeah, something. First? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, I also brought him in last week because then Byrne got injured. Uh, okay. So we both brought him in last week and then he just failed completely. He didn't even start, was it? Um, yeah. Joe Gomez started instead and it seemed like his place was going to be kind of... In Jeopardy, I was really close to selling him myself. I was really close to just getting rid of him because I couldn't really trust him starting. But then luckily for us, Joe Gomez was uh, slightly injured, as he often is, to be fair. Chimikasa got the start. We don't know if Chimikasa would have started if Joe Gomez was fit and healthy either. But either way, Chimikasa got the start and he got two assists, got a clean sheet, 15 glorious points for us in FPL. Both me, you and Kimo, all three founding members of the FPL Scope podcast, have uh, gotten a huge haul from Chimikas, and we've all gotten pretty good game weeks so far for this uh, from this as well. So, yeah, let's just go into your team to be honest and and check out your score, which is uh, 91 points. Really, really good game week for you. Um, on top of the Chimikas points, 15 points from him. You got nine points from uh, Adingra, who's uh, providing the goods, even though Palmer did outscore him once again. But but to be honest, they're both good picks, so it doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really matter that much. 
Um, other than that, Salah captaincy, of course, was fantastic. Holland captaincy would have netted you the same points. He got 16 points as well. Uh, your vice captain was actually Mitoma, who got one point, but uh, that's because he didn't start his game. They play Sheffield United at home, which seems like a good game, but we've now seen both with Saka and Mitoma that you can't really trust that game either. And it seems like a kind of game where people tend to rest their best players as well. So, so yeah, I'm going to be wary of that in the future because it seems like people are taking Sheffield United lightly and maybe they shouldn't do nowadays because Sheffield United have got like five points, I think, in the last four games or something. Uh, at least they won, they beat uh, Wolverhampton and then they drew now against uh, Brighton as well. So, yeah, either way. Um, pretty good game week for you in general. You benched Alvarez with five points. But at the same time, you had most of your attacking players either matching him or outscoring him. So, how do you feel about the game week in general? And uh, how do you feel about the start of the season so far? Because it's uh, game week 12, we're about a third, third of the way through the season. So, how do you feel about the start of the season so far for you in general? It's not been the best. Uh, I think there's been a lot of weird decisions. I think a lot of players have also disappointed that and also haven't performed when I brought them in and etc. So I think it's just a, a mixture of impatience and these sort of things. But yeah, I think just teams in general have had sort of a lot of inconsistency Manchester United is one of those teams you know a lot of us went with you know Onana and a midfielder or even doubled up with Bruno and Rashford and Rashford hasn't scored in forever so it says a lot about the season as well I think I've done the stupid no son or Madison route which has worked in certain aspects of the game because I had Trippier, which worked very well during the weeks I had him. Same with Dan Byrne and all these type of stuff. Not to say that Son and Madison didn't outscore them, but I think in terms of the plus minus, it's quite close. Um, so I think it's just a, a lot of people have had different strategies this year that have either cost them or you know done extremely well. Like for example. There was a period where no Holland worked and was a viable option. But the minute he scored in the Champions League, I remember telling you, we have to keep him. We have to keep him because he's just going to start exploding. And now every week he's basically just going half from the looks of it, except the one freak ass week where they win 6 1. Then he gets, <laughs> he gets injured, subbed off, and literally Alvarez who we all have did nothing either so that is for me the sort of saving grace slash sort of sums up like fantasy Premier League right now that it it, it is very luck based it's always been very luck based so I mean Simicus even getting 15 points yeah. is very lucky yeah. so Sometimes you just have the luck, sometimes you don't. But I think right now, after 91 points and etc., I feel like things will change. And uh, I'm pretty pretty happy with a lot of aspects of my team, but I just want to make some small adjustments. And I think one of those things which we'll definitely be talking about in the fixture ticker is Newcastle assets, what we want to do with that. Yeah, for sure. I think your team is actually pretty well set up. I like the fact that you have three good strikers because I think forwards are going to be the way to go forward going forward 
Uh, there's just a lot of good players uh, that we'll talk about in the fixture ticker as well. Uh, you have Holland, Watkins, and Alvarez. I think those three guys are really good. Holland, obviously, is, is a mainstay. He's going to stay in the team for the rest of the season, uh, as we know. Um, Watkins has been a troll for you pretty much the whole entire time you've had him in FPL, but finally he's actually scored six points from him, which is better than, than usual, at least for you. Uh, yep. Alvarez has sort of been like trotting along like not too well. Like He's done like all right the last few game weeks, but it's not really been like fantastic either. I think Alvarez is just a really tough player to to really deal with because especially for me who has a lot of value tied into him I don't really want to sell him uh, in one aspect but in the other aspect there's so many other good strikers that I really want and I kind of prefer over Alvarez so for me it's really tough what to do at Alvarez going forward so, so what are your thoughts with with Alvarez in general um, in the next few games they also blanking in the 18 as we know <laughs> exactly so for me personally um I'm looking at getting rid of him because Holland is very much a form player and he's going to be dictating a lot of the play and they're going to be looking for him more and et cetera, especially now that he's in red hot form. And I think for me, it's just having, I've told you, like I don't like doubling up too much on uh, teams in the same position that even goes with Matoma and Adingra as well. I didn't like that I did it, but it was the matches that dictated it. With City, the matches don't dictate that anymore because they're going into a pretty difficult uh, period. So for me, I think there are options elsewhere that are cheaper and have better matches in total and etc. and gives me more freedom to sort of look into what I want to get in. For example, am I going to get get in Eddie and Kedia? Because he's, you know, he looks like if he's not injured, he's going to be their starting striker for some time. I think Jesus is back in training now. Well, thing I saw. never mind what I said about him. <laughs> Alexander Isak, for example, is one because we know for sure Wilson's out forever. But the yeah. question is, when is Isak back? That's That's another thing. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it's also gives me more freedom to look into what strikers I can get in. We can definitely, when once we get to the fixture ticker, there's a lot of different options of strikers that we can look into. Darwin is one that I've been looking into because I think he's looking really good. Really unlucky not to get more than assist, I think, in the, in the Brentford game. Two goals uh, completely offside, fair enough, but he's looking good. He looks like he's got the confidence back and everything besides the Premier League, he's usually scoring in every game. So Darwin is definitely on my watch list for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, international break comes into play there as well because he's going to play in uh, South America. Yep. So I think next game, week, especially facing uh, Liverpool at Anfield, I think, um, that's probably not the game week to bring him in, but for game week 14 onwards, I think game week 14 is actually a pretty good like swing of fixtures in terms of uh, yeah, a lot of players that we look at uh, later on with the fixture ticker. Um, but yeah, I also really like Darwin. I like, yeah, if Gabriel Jesus is back, I like him. He was like a really popular pick before the season, before he got injured. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were doubling up on him and Saka, and then they had to sell him because he was injured right before the season. And speaking of injuries, we also have one of our favorites, Christopher Nkunku, who's going to be back after international break as well. Chelsea are looking amazing now, scoring four goals against Man City. Um, so with Nkunku there as a striker, potentially as well, potentially on penalties, potentially on free kicks, he might be the next big thing in FPL as well. So 
I know you're really interested in getting him as well. So I, I really get why you would sell Alvarez to, to get one of these guys in. And Watkins as well, for that matter. Like, Asnilla's fixtures are getting worse as well. So I think you have some decent options there when it comes to the, the forwards where you can change them around. And your midfield is, is doing all right as well. Like, you do have some issues potentially, with, like you said, with Gordon's fixtures and the double up on Brighton. But they don't have the worst fixtures, uh, Brighton at least, still. Um, so, yeah, it's not too bad. But, yeah, I quite like your team. And I also like your transfer as well, Burn to Gabriel. I think Gabriel was the was the standout pick in defense, even though he didn't get any points. Really should have, because once again, Arsenal basically conceded no chances. And once again, they scored from set pieces. And when you hear those two things, you expect, oh, Gabriel is going to have a haul because he is their best attacking threat on set pieces. And he's also probably not going to concede. But once again, he blanked. So... I think Gabriel, on the opposite side of the spectrum to Chimikas, has sort of just been unlucky uh, lately. So I think that's going to turn around. He's going to be one of the must-have, must-own players to have in uh, in FPL going forward. So I really do, do like your transfer as well. Um, getting away from Byrne, who's injured, obviously, for a struggling Newcastle defense now that they got so many injuries and tough fixtures. So, so yeah, I really like your team, and uh, I think you're pretty well set up for the future. Speaking of a team that is pretty well set up for the future, let's go to Kimo, who is currently top amongst the FPL Scope crew because he has uh, gotten 97 points from game week 12. He's had a pretty good uh, year after, like, in, in total. And he also has 11 points from the guy who has the same jersey or kit as you, Everton, the Corey. But it should be noted, uh, Kimo at least claims, at least claimed last week. Now he claims that it was a smart purchase of Ducore, but last week he claimed that he was actually going to get Jeremy Doku from Man City for Game Week 11. Obviously, Doku had like, what, 26 points or something? I don't know, something like high 20s in terms of points, uh, or mid 20s, I guess, uh, last Game Week. And Kimo claimed that he w- wanted Doku, but this Game Week was sort of reversed. Ducore got 11 points. Looked really good for Everton and got some more nice points for Kimo, who also has Chimikas, uh, even though he didn't have a backup defender because both Lamptey and Burn are injured. So, kind of interesting to see Kimo go with zero transfers and sticking with Chimikas, even though he didn't have a backup at all. Uh, I guess Chimikas would have played even if he was benched from the start, but but still. Um, good game week from, from Kimo. He has a slightly different team from you. He has uh, two forwards. He does have uh, Mubama, who's uh, worth 4.3. Doesn't get playing time ever for David Moyes and doesn't want to sign a new contract now, which I think is really stupid for Moyes, especially seeing as West Ham strikers have been struggling, Antonio in particular. Um, but yeah, Kimo with 97 points, of, of course. Um, are you jealous of a team or, or do you think your team is uh, better equipped for the next few game weeks compared to this? It's all right. Like, obviously, very jealous of Son. Love seeing Diaby, who I much prefer over Watkins, anyways. Um, and of course, he's got the big dukes, uh, as we love to call. Him. Um, so of course, I'm very jealous of Decore, but that's pretty much it. Um, I think in terms of a solid team, definitely, but those injuries are the things that he'll need to fix, and hopefully, he will. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some fun suggestions to fix those uh players but in terms of whether he also moves away from Alvarez will be the question because i think he can definitely do some fun changes maybe even bring nico jackson back the biggest role of his life <laughs> who is scoring like I, I seven legals listen man i i said i don't know what i predicted in the in a review but i 
I definitely think what was the lowest that I kept? I definitely think seven was the lowest I must have kept. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's scoring. He's not particularly... I mean, he's been decently impressive the last few game weeks at least, but... Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, he got a hat-trick <laughs> against Spurs. <laughs> he did get a hat-trick against Spurs against nine men Spurs with the high line with the Hoiberg uh, and Eric Tyre. I don't understand why he's getting so much hate. So if yeah. he didn't score a hat-trick, is he a fucking loser then? Like, no, of course what? not. <laughs> so, like, I, he still got a hat-trick at the end of the day. It's not his fault that uh mate wanted to play uh suicide football in the sense of having what is it nine men doing a high line so yeah well what what what, what is he meant to do not score in those situations <laughs> silva's got a fourth goal as well so yeah um yeah for me i, I think i think too like i get cloning on chelsea fans that got too gassed from the game but at the same time why are spurs fans even talking when they lost so badly and then yeah. screwed up again so for me you know clown on nicholas jackson all you want the guy has what is it six goals in 11 games something like that yeah seven goals in the league in total then that would be seven and 12 okay i think so, I think so yeah uh, you projected your projections for Nick Jackson was between ten and sixteen goals, so it's looking pretty good. I think I think that's achievable, like in between those yeah. two numbers. So yeah, credits credit to you. Uh, yeah. You also had Nkunku between twelve and twenty, which he can still do, to be fair. But he has also missed twelve games so far, uh, <laughs> which we did not expect. So no, but yeah, of course not. but that's also the question for me because uh, we saw in preseason both Nkunku and Nick Jackson linking up perfectly, like they looked super good together. But that was before they got Cole Palmer, who's now like a vital cog in this team as well. Sterling has been revitalized, has had a fantastic season, was amazing against Man City as well, uh, making yeah. Pep sort of regret both him and, and Cole Palmer potentially as well, selling both of those guys. Um, Gallagher has been amazing this season, to be honest. Who They also have uh, Romeo Laue coming back. Caicedo is obviously the main uh, man. And so who's going to get dropped when Nkunku comes back that's my question to you like do you think they're going to rotate quite a bit or, or who do you see like dropping out mostly for this team because would it be Jackson it might be Jackson but at the end of the day I think it becomes a question of how they do the formation because if they do the formation of a 4-2-3-1 instead then everyone gets to play right because then it'll be Sterling to the left. It'll probably be Palmer to the right. And then Nkunku at the cam and or CF. And then they'll have Jackson at the top and then have most likely Enzo and Caicedo at DM spots. I personally think Gallagher will be the one who gets dropped out. Okay. Um, if that's if that's what they want to do in terms of like a 4-2-3-1, but if they want to go uh, more like a four-three-three, or you know, basically that it's either Gallagher or Jackson that gets dropped in my eyes. I don't think Gallagher's been masterclassing it as people are making it out like to the point where he's getting an England call. Did he get the England call up over Ward Prowse? I mean, Ward Prowse is not in the squad at least, but I don't know about Gallagher. Uh, I think he is in the squad. Gallagher actually. got. I'm pretty sure Gallagher and Palmer. Palmer, made the Palmer, England Palmer team. made it. Um, and I'm pretty sure. In the <laughs> and same Sterling video, is still out, which is crazy. That's what I'm saying. So, 
I don't believe uh, Gallagher's had a better season than Ward Prowse, and I also think Ward Prowse is better than Gallagher, just full stuff. So, yeah, I am not on the Gallagher hype train, but maybe <laughs> uh, Pochettino has to be because he, Seems for like whatever he reason, him. appointed it appointed him captain and all this type of bullshit over Sterling and some more viable options. But here we are, man. Um, I don't even think Callagher's even come close to his Crystal Palace form yet. And that's several years ago at this point now. So Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I think it'll either be Gallagher or Jackson. It's most likely Jackson because Pochettino has been obviously the harshest towards Jackson uh, because even after the hat trick, he was bitching about him sort of like what Lucha did with Mbappe in the weekend so yeah I think those are the two options uh, we got a little bit sidetracked there but <laughs> yeah, but Chelsea is a hot topic in, in terms of Bell at the moment because they have had really difficult fixtures as we'll, as we'll see when it comes to the fixture ticker they have produced some really good numbers in these big games it's just a matter of can they translate that to easy games at home which they haven't so far this season against Brentford and Nottingham Forest, where they've created a lot of chances, to be fair, but they haven't really scored and haven't gotten the points yet. So, yeah, Chelsea is sort of like the hot topic, and I think that's going to be like the team to target at least in the next like two, three game weeks when they actually get some really good fixtures from game week 60 and onwards. Um, so, yeah, I think Chelsea is definitely something to, to talk about. But Kimo has no Chelsea players in his team, but he does have now two free transfers to play around with because he did no transfers this past game week. 97 points this time around. I think he has 681 points or whatever, 781 points. I can't remember exactly what, but he's like 15, 16 points ahead of me. I think he's like top 30k in the world just about now. Kimo's also a really good season for him um, so far. But like you said, uh, the injured players, his bench, he has no playing players on the bench. He only has 11 players that play currently, uh, especially going into the international break. That's not ideal. So, so maybe potentially downgrading Alvarez to someone like Albany, for example, who I really like and getting an upgrade or selling just burn. Burn has some value in him as well. So, so yeah, definitely. I think he could look into getting Gabriel as well and jump on that bandwagon after he should have had points uh, against Kimo, but Kimo's been sort of lucky with that, at least uh, last few game weeks. Yeah. But in general, really good team for Kimo, really, uh, really good squad, and uh, it looks like a good season for him as well, which is uh, good for him, I guess. Next up, we're going to have a manager who had even more points this game week, and that is our manager of the week. And uh, if you want to be a manager of the week, you guys watching right now, you can join our middle league, the field school middle league, which is league code V9JT0D. And if you become the highest point earner, point scorer in a particular game week, you'll be featured on the podcast, just like Tony Scully has. And Tony Scully got 103 points, member of the 100 club. Uh, I think I am. Are you this season? Have you had a 100 plus score so far this season? I came close several times, but I don't think I came close this round at least. But didn't we have like another game of Corey Bulls had pretty high scores? I feel like we have had that, but let's double check. check, double check while we are at it. Uh, game of history, no, you had eighty-six and you had eighty-six and you had ninety-one, so high eighties and mid nineties you've had. Yes, I'm pretty sure I have had one game week where I had hundred points. No, I haven't. My days, my life has been a lie. Uh, 89 points, 91 points, 86, 89 are my best game weeks. But either way, uh, this guy at least is in the 
point club uh, with 103 points. Sal, obviously, captaincy pick, 32 points, really good for uh, for that. Chimikas, like we said, fantastic call from him. Liverpool players in general have helped a lot of us this past game week. And then the final key contributor is uh, Leandro Trossard, who this manager actually brought in for this particular game week as well, selling Madison, who's now long-term injured, for Trossard. And that worked out beautifully from, from the get-go. Uh, Trossard against Burnley, 13 points, goal and an assist. Really nice goal as well, by the way. He just like sacrificed everything to make sure that the ball went into the goal, uh, crashed into the post, and was still able to play on and get an assist in the second half as well. On top of that, he has uh, Bowen, who I have uh, really high hopes for going forward. He also sort of like became a bit unlucky when it comes to Pedro Porro, because Pedro Porro was going to be, get like 12 points, I think, uh, when they went into injury time in that Spurs-Wolves game, and then they conceded twice. Pedro Porro dropped down from bonus points. Uh, conceded twice, which is minus one as well, uh, and didn't get the clean sheet, obviously. So could have been an even higher score in general. Uh, this is also sort of like a weak bench with only one playing player, and that is uh, Trakowski, who's a decent player in his own right, I guess, playing for Everton, who are one of the form teams in the Premier League at the moment. But in general, um, pretty good team, pretty template standard team, I guess, as well. Um, Gordon, who, who you have and you might have to get rid of. Maybe that's someone this guy should get rid of as well. Uh, Watkins, same as you as well. Kind of similar team to yours, uh, to be honest, uh, with, uh, with Gordon and Watkins there. Uh, and Chimikas but just a couple of key differences with Trossard and Bowen for example which gives him the 100 points um, wildcard in the game week 7 uh, Tony Scully did um, so it doesn't have the wildcard chip left uh, but other than that I think the team looks pretty good um, what are your key like concerns with this team and uh, things that you like about this team in general you think I mean he has a bunch of players who don't play on the bench as well um which is a bit of a concern, like you said, going into an international break. But other than that, I think it's a very different team. It's not a lot of people that I expected to bring in Trossard, especially considering the fact that, yes, he was going to play this week, but who knows how his playing time will be, uh, especially with Gabriel Jesus back in training. So, yeah. uh-oh. Um, so we'll have to wait and see with that transfer, but the rest I think looks good. I think I'm sort of glad that I didn't go with Aston Villa defenders because they just keep randomly conceding mm-hmm. one bullshit goal every game. So I'm kind of glad that I didn't go with Cash. So maybe I'd still say stick with it because Villa, I think Villa have what one more easy game. Yes, yeah, Spurs away and Bournemouth away in the next two. Oh, um, well then, food for thought, cash, maybe, <laughs> yeah. but definitely Gordon. And yeah, if you, if there is an informed striker to get in, then that's also something that you can do by shifting both cash and Watkins out. But other than that, I think the team looks good. Uh, Son, I think, could hilariously become a differential if people just completely mass sell him as well. So, He's got options, definitely, in terms of rotating players out and bringing people in. And, uh, yeah, well done on the century, or century and three points, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. On the topic of Son and, and Spurs in general, they lost now against Wolverhampton and a deserved loss as well, because Wolves were just a better team in general in that game, even yeah, though they sure. left it late to, to win it with Pablo Sarabia finally getting a chance and proving his worth. Um, what do you make of Spurs going forward as well with all the injuries they have Madison's out long term 
Van de Ven is out for, for a while. Uh, Richarlison is out for a little while as well. Um, what do you make of Spurs going forward now? Two straight losses. Do you think they'll get back on the saddle and, and become a good team again? Do you think Son is, is like a nailed option still? Uh, Pedro Porro as well, defensively, they haven't really been the best either. But Pedro Porro has been really impressive going forward. He had the assist, obviously. There's a siren going outside. I don't know if you can hear it, but either way. Yeah. Um, Pedro Porro has also... I, I don't know. I, I just sold Pedro Porro last week for Chimikas, and obviously I'm not regretting that now after the 15 points from Chimikas. But at the same time, I think Porro just looks really good in general, even with a poor defense. He could still score. Kind of the same thing as with Cash. Like, I'm sort of like hesitant to sell Cash as well, because I feel like he's going to score any minute now. He's sort of like the spiritual successor of uh, Purposes to Pinion, who's someone that could score a goal, but just hasn't in the in yeah. last few weeks and ha- could keep it clean shape but just hasn't in the last few weeks but, but yeah back to Spurs um, what do you make of uh, their assets going forward with all the injuries and stuff and their turn of like bad form I guess the last two game weeks I mean I, I think uh, it's a bit excessive to say that they're gonna it's a sinking ship and etc but they are massive injuries Madison which is, which is their most creative outlet and Fundevan, who I told you when they signed him, was going to be the reason why Kuti Romero, Christian Romero, is actually going to be a good defender in the Prem this year. So, which is a bit questionable considering his record. But, uh, he, you know, Romero and Fundevan is one of the best partnerships in the Prem. So it's a huge, huge blow. But I don't think it means the end for Spurs. And I, think people shouldn't get too deterred and if anything uh the long question of who's going to be spurs penalty taker is a hundred percent solved now because yeah. what are the options it's just him or kulisevsky or brennan johnson who is a hundred percent not going to be taking the pen yeah. so i think in terms of talisman and all this type of stuff it becomes a question of that now they're even more reliant on Son to do stuff. So I think we're going to see him getting the ball more and all this type of stuff. And we know what Son can do. He can shoot outside the box. He can do everything. So I think with Son particularly, don't panic. I do think that Pedro Poor is going to concede more simply because they don't have as good of central defender pairing because yeah. Romero is very reliant on having uh, Van de Van. Like, it's so obvious, yeah. and vice versa, to be fair. Not to undercut um, Romero, uh, but it's just these are two massive injuries. And I've always said, it harkens back to a joke that uh, I once said to a Manchester United fan and a good friend of ours, Remy, when Van Persie was playing there, and I said, you guys are a VMP injury away from your whole season derailing, and that's exactly what happened. So this is... A call for concern but considering the fact that it's not very long term that by i think what isn't it in both cases by january it should be okay i think so i think fundament and madison will be like mid-january just about and, be and not to say that spurs will actually give and some money in january to sign some decent backups as well and yeah. if the signings are anything to be uh considered they've done amazing signings so far so I trust Ange to course correct, but it will be difficult without Richarlison, without Madison, and of course Fundament. Yeah. 
You did mention Brendan Johnson, though, and he's sort of been like a bit part player so far this season. But I think he's looked really good the last few game weeks and yeah. had the had the goal. Didn't he score the goal? Yeah, Pedro yeah, Porro did assist and Brendan Johnson with the goal as well. So he's actually a decent option as well. I think it's like five point seven or something like that, uh, mid mid sort of price. Uh, you also have Bentancur, who's been injured at the start of the season. He's now back. He was a really good player for them last season as well. He could potentially yeah. be a good pick and be like the Madison sort of role type of player as well. So I think they have some nice like differential options now. Kulusevski might actually take more of like a goal and assist type of role now as well. Now that yeah. he's like one of the main men. So, so yeah, like you, I think Spurs are going to turn it around. I think it's just, especially the first game after all injuries, it's going to be tough to just readjust because you need a couple games to figure out how to work out a team again because Madison was so integral to everything they did offensively and like you said Van de Ven was so integral to everything they did defensively so I think they're just going to need some time and at the same time they've only played Wolves and I think Wolves have just been really good in general against the bigger teams even stretching back to last season I think at home against the at the Molyneux for Wolves they've been really good that's how they stayed up last season and that's also how they've been really impressive this season uh, I think Wolves are, are also an underrated team that you could potentially talk about as well with their fixtures. Um, so I wouldn't pack, panic with Spurs either. Um, I think Pedro Porro is, is fine. I think he's going to concede most games because they do have really tough fixtures. But I think Son is also like a decent hold for now. I think, uh, like you said, he is going to be the penalty taker. Pretty much 100% sure about that. Um, and, um, and yeah, he is the main man. and He can score from anywhere and score regardless of who's his teammates as well. So... So yeah, I'm not panicking about Son personally as a owner myself, but if I was in your position, I probably wouldn't buy him either. I think he's one of those players where you just like, if you have him, keep him. If you don't have him, you can probably look away from him a couple game weeks at least until they figure it out and until they get better fixtures. So, so yeah, I think this Son is a decent hold, but, but yeah, in general, this team, I really like it. I'm really jealous of uh, them having uh, Jared Bowen because uh, he is probably my main target now, seeing as they have Burnley away in a game week where there's not that many good captaincy options. So I think Bowen captaincy in week 13, I've talked about that for the last few weeks, and I think that's the way I'm leaning towards as well. So I'm pretty jealous about that. Trossard, like I said, not 100% sure uh, about his playing time in the future, especially if Chislus is back. But at the same time, Martinelli hasn't been that impressive this season, um, and uh, and they do lack a lot of creativity without Odegaard the last few game weeks as well. So. I think Trossard is someone who definitely should get more playing time in general in the Premier League. He's such a good player. I really wish he played for a team where he played more. Sort of like Fabio Vieira as well. I think Arsenal have a lot of good players that are sort of not being used uh, as much as they should uh, be used. So, so yeah, I like the team in general. And uh, good game week for, for this manager who I think has the exact same points as me actually uh, in FPL. So pretty good position to be in. Um, but yeah. Like I said, the bench needs fixing, and then potentially uh, Trossard and Gordon, I think. Other than that, I think you can hold cash, I think you can hold Poro, because I think both of them can get attacking returns. Like we saw with Chimikas just now, being patient is something that works out at some points as well. So, so yeah. Let's move on to our predictions from this past week when it comes to the games. And we were just talking about Spurs against Wolverhampton, and we both predicted incorrectly here, but you were pretty close because you had a draw, 2-2 between Spurs and Wolves. I had a Spurs win, 2-1. I thought it was going to be a tough game, but I thought Spurs were actually going to pull it off still. But Wolves, I think, were deserved the winners in the end. They played really well. And I think also Bellegarde, the um, attacking midfielder that they brought in from uh, the French League from Strasbourg, 
he looks really, really good. I think Wolves in general just have so many players that are really impressive on the eye at least, but then they can't really create the chances and, and the goals necessary to win most matches. But I think they have a lot of interesting players, even without Pedro Neto out. So really fun game in general, I, I feel like. But, but yeah. Um, any comments in general about any of these uh, fixtures? What stood out to you this, uh, this past game week? Any surprising results? Anything where you... Um, we're sort of on the money. Obviously, I have one correct scoreline. We both had as nil against Fulham. Uh, but what was the most surprising thing about this game week, you think? I think the most surprising thing is it's always going to be me picking Brighton to win at home when they keep fucking it up. So that's really irritating uh, just in terms of an FPL standpoint for me who who doubled up with... Uh, Adingra, who who did score, to be fair, uh, but Matoma being absolute shambles uh, these last couple of weeks, and obviously the big one being Newcastle absolutely getting pumped by Bournemouth. They are very unlucky that they didn't get uh, Sheffield United at Bournemouth, basically, because if Bournemouth put away more of their chances, it could have easily ended five six nil. Seriously, they were running rampant. It's uh, it was very. Amusing and crazy to see. Uh, Spurs, a little bit annoyed that I didn't get the draw because it looked like it was going to be a draw um, considering how late the equalizing goal came. What a goal uh, by Strabe, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Goal of the season Massive. contender for me. <laughs> but, I've, but he's been quality. He was so good yeah. at, uh, alone at Sporting. He was really good at PSG. He's been good everywhere he's played, essentially. I don't understand why Wolves are like, oh, whatever. He's just some random guy. Like, no, he's going to be the next guy you sell for like 40 million for no reason. So just go for it. Just keep giving him minutes. And I'll 100% like out of all those guys. I mean, obviously, Pedro Neto is Pedro Neto, but I would I would highly consider Sarabia if he's playing every game because that's just how highly I rate him. Um, but other than that, um, I think everything else felt pretty on the money except uh, Chelsea, City. I'm usually the one out of the two of us who's more on Chelsea's side with these sort of things. So I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't predict the draw because Chelsea do well against the bigger sides and has done, to be fair. I mean, they drew Liverpool, uh, they drew Arsenal, they drew City, and they beat Spurs. So, yeah. yeah, next time next time, I'm going to back them with either a draw or uh, a win. Not going to not going to give them the hell, even though they'll probably lose. But here we go. Other than that, everything else seems pretty good. Uh, Brent, Liverpool, Brentford, you expected a more tighter game and I expected a blowout. And I guess it ended up being a bit of a blowout. Um, yeah. I expected an narrow win for West Ham, but it ended up being a very fun narrow win, right? Yeah, really fun game. Back and forth game where uh, West Ham were like switching between having the lead, losing the lead. They were up 1-0, I think, and then they were down 2-1, and then they beat them 3-2 in the end, but that's, which was really fun Yeah, I mean, that's that's when Awoni and uh, Alanga are back together again. They are <laughs> such a formidable duo. Seriously, they just yeah. look so well. good together. Yeah. They uh, they look really good together. So, uh, yeah, I think it was just 
it was kind of a fun game week in the sense that obviously it reflected with a lot of high scores and stuff like that. But just generally speaking, it was a fun week. Obviously, for me, Everton winning as well in a pretty fun game, which was also 3-2, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. It was. So, yeah. So, uh Fun, fun game week all around. Uh, Man United are fucking garbage. Uh, that's all I have to say. They still, they still yeah, they points. won. They won, but they should have. They should have. Like I don't understand how they're scraping these wins rather than comfortably winning. Like, if you're Manchester United, you shouldn't be barely beating Luton Town at Old Trafford. <laughs> That's true, but they are getting the points at least, so they're actually in yeah, a pretty good position, yeah, yeah. despite so, having a terrible season so far in terms of uh, Ten Hag playing. out, but uh, Ten Hag in, because he's still <laughs> doing the business at the end of the day. So. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Man United, we know that they are actually like the forum team of the league. I think they won four out of the last five games or so. But that is about to come to an end, I think, because if you look at the fixture ticker, they are at the very bottom, because they have some really tough fixtures, starting with Everton away, which is... To be honest, one of the easiest fixtures when it comes to the next five, I guess. Uh, but Newcastle away, that's always tough. Chelsea seems like a really tough fixture in general now. And then Liverpool away in gaming 17 as well. They do have Bournemouth at home in gaming 16, but Bournemouth in their own right, like we said, against Newcastle, really surprising. They are starting to turn it around with Iriola as manager, which is nice to see for us uh, La Liga fans. Um, but yeah, I think Man United are in some pretty big trouble um, going forward, so... So yeah, I think it's definitely a time to get rid of some Man United assets, and especially Hoyland, who I had in a couple of my like free hit drafts. I've had faith in Hoyland, and he's had the chances to score, but he's just been missing them left and right. And yeah. people have been clowning on Nicholas Jackson, but now <laughs> Hoyland has actually missed way more big chances in terms of how many goals he scored compared to them uh, in the league, at least. He's up for some scrutiny as well, because he has still, I think, zero goals and zero assists in the Premier League so far. He has been really good in the Champions League, and he's looked really good in general. Been sort of unlucky a couple times, I think. Um, yeah. But he's someone, especially with all the the forward options that I that I like currently. I think he's someone. If you have him still, or yeah, already, he is someone you should probably look into selling because um, I think he might be injured as well. I think he's injured for the Denmark games uh, as well. So Man United, I would stay clear of them, even though they have a lot of points. Um, they are not uh, fully fit in terms of uh, being a good team. Bruno Fernandes has had sort of disappointing season. Rashford has probably been the biggest disappointment of them all this season for me. Um, I had a lot of faith in Rashford after the last season and thought he had like sort of turned a corner now and he's back to being like just a world-class player in general. Uh, but I guess people were right that he was sort of more just like a purple patch last season and uh, hasn't really provided the goods this season. Um, but yeah, let's not talk about Man United. They are bottom of the barrel when it comes to their fixture ticker. Let's look higher. We have uh, West Ham. Uh, we've talked about Bowen, but are there any other West Ham potential players that you are looking into, or is it just Bowen or Bust, basically, for you? It's it's either Bowen or actually three players that I'm looking at, if I'm considering anything. I brought in the Brazilian megastar that is Lucas Paqueta in draft, and that worked out perfectly because he scored a cheeky little goal. Um, obviously, you know me. I love me some James Ward-Prowse, even though he fucks Everton every chance he gets, um, except for this year, so get in. Uh, I think Ward-Prowse is an excellent choice as well. You know, takes set pieces, gets assists, get is unlucky not to score more. But, of course, when it comes to direct goals, it's Bowen that you go for. He's 
cost he's more costly as well but he gets the goals and there's a reason why he costs as much as he does and has clearly found a form that made him a household name in the first place and why Liverpool will be signing him as a Mo Salah replacement sorry um but yeah it's it's one of those three I think Paqueta feels more of the outside pick out of the three yeah. I think Ward Prowse is the good budget choice and I think Bowen is the superstar so might as well go with him. Um, and yeah, I was about to ask, who's your penalty taker in the end? Is it still Bowen? No, it's either uh, almost an Ancini, but he's out, obviously. Uh, it's either Ben Rama or Paqueta. I think it's Paqueta. So it mostly. is Paqueta. Yeah. Okay. Mostly. Cool. Right, fair enough. I think if we're uh, both on the pitch, I think it's still Ben Rama. Yeah. I have Ariola, so I'm going <laughs> to keep sticking with the tits. Uh, so yeah. I wouldn't say. Like, obviously, Zoom and all these guys are good, but I think the priority is getting one of their awesome midfielders than it is getting their defenders. If you already have Ariola, great. But I don't think getting their defense is the priority out of the things that you can get from West Ham. Yeah. Yeah, I think defensively you could still stay away from them, even though the fixtures aren't too bad, I guess, in terms of uh, yeah. not conceding. Burn their way could be a clean sheet. Palace, it's sort of a tougher game now because they have SA and Elise back, so I think we're going to concede there. Palace usually score against us. It's usually like a pretty fun game, West Ham against Crystal Palace. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to that. Spurs away, Derby, that's usually conceding goals as well. Fulham away, that's, that's actually decent in terms of clean sheet potential points. So... Yeah, I probably wouldn't go with West Ham defender, even though I'm a pretty big fan of Suma in terms of FL, but I've also been a big fan of Gabriel this whole season, and he hasn't really paid it back to me in terms of set-piece goals either. I think set-piece goals are kind of more random than those offensive players that we have, like Cash, Estepinian, um, even Trippier, who takes set-pieces and stuff. I think that's more important for a defender than having set-piece threat in general. It's just it's just really tempting to go with those players that you know are going to be a threat on every set-piece, especially with West Ham, with... Um, with Ward Prowse uh, delivering the goods like it did against Nottingham Forest twice. So yeah, I think also Bowen is the priority transfer for West Ham if you want to want to get a West Ham player. Kudos is obviously a really fun differential pick. Um, I'm not 100% sure he's going to be completely nailed because I know what Moyes is like, even though he has... I think Kudus is, is probably our best player in terms of maybe Paqueta might be. Uh, but one of those guys is probably M. Bowen, obviously, deserves mention there as well. But Kudus is like up there amongst like the best West Ham players, but I know David Moyes is still uh, he prefers Suchek and, and those types of guys uh, at points. Um, so yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure about Kudus, and I know for sure the Bowen is going to play every game, yeah. whether it's Europa League, if it's uh, the league, or if it's the cups. I think he's going to play most of the important games. So so I really like Bowen, even though he doesn't have set pieces. Mostly some set pieces he does have when Rodriguez doesn't play, and he doesn't have penalties either. But I think Bowen is just a really good pick, especially now against Burnley, and especially considering Bowen has scored in every away game so far. I think it's just a really game, good game week to, to bring in Bowen, and that's why I'm the most interested in him, because I think he is a good captain's option. Because looking at game week 13, if you just look at those fixtures strictly, what are the captain's options that stand out to you this game week, because or this next game week? Because for me, it's not too many players to choose from. I guess like Spurs against Aston Villa at home, Aston Villa concede couple goals away from home but Spurs at the same time like we mentioned just earlier they're sort of in like a shift between having Madison and trying to figure out a new identity as well 
100 sure about him and then other than that it's just like the players with good fixtures are like fulham luton uh crystal palace i guess um like the lesser teams um so so who stands out to you as a captaincy pick i guess for game week 13 looking at this fixture ticker um good lord swanky maybe um I will need uh, at home against Brighton uh, because I just think he's a stellar. Like, he won't get you a hat trick, but he'll get you at least a goal. Just bank in that 12 points. Um, I think, obviously, Bowen against uh, Burnley because I think Burnley are dog shit. Um, triple captain Calvert Lewin against Man United, and you'll get a 3 0 hat trick. Um, but as a against uh losing away but generally speaking this is the time where you can have some fun uh but i think i'll still be going with holland yeah personally just because he's just in such ridiculously good form uh and because they're playing at that he had i think they're gonna edge out the win and life will be good yeah I think that's also a decent shot. I think it's going to be the favorite option, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure either. Um, some people might still go with Salah because he had a good game week. Uh, Holland yeah, obviously course, had a good yeah. game week as well. I think it's going to be like a little split with them, probably more in favor of Holland because he has the home fixture. And yeah. then some people are going to go with Son, I still think. And then sure. other than that, I think you could just have fun with it. And it's going to be interesting to see who people choose, but... I just want to use that opportunity to captain a West Ham player because I don't really get to have that chance uh, that many times. I have captained Antonio a couple game weeks uh, the last few seasons, and it's actually worked out pretty well to, for me. So, um, so yeah, um, so yeah. For for me, it's Bowen, but I think Holland is also a really good option. But like you said, I think it's mostly just going to be one goal potentially. Um, maybe he might haul because you've seen that in in big games for Holland as well, but. But yeah, I think Bowen is just a more fun pick for me at least. Um, looking at this fixture ticker as well, the other thing that's noticeable is the fact that there are a lot of good and popular FPL teams sort of on the lower end of the spectrum. We have Liverpool, Chelsea and City in the middle of it, but then at the bottom we have Spurs, Aston Villa and United. And that means a lot, a lot of the bad teams are sort of higher up <clears throat> in the table. So are there any players that stand out to you from the likes of I'll mention a couple teams now, and you can't go outside of these teams, okay? No Brentford, because I know you <laughs> You want to mention Wemo, but he's playing for a pretty good team. So, uh, Burnley, Sheffield United, Bournemouth. Let's, pro- let's throw Wolves and Nottingham Forest in there as well. Any players that stand out to you for those teams? Yeah, and I can say from each team, Bournemouth, Solanke, from Wolves, it's going to be Sarabia. If he's now back to, like, I reckon he'll be nailed because can't bench someone after they basically change everything and from nottingham forest um their striker only because i think he's or alanga to be fair i think both yeah. look really like great options and differentials as well so um that would be um uh, my picks if we throw in uh a cheeky crystal palace there too i definitely like the first three fixtures they got there losing away West Ham away and Bournemouth at home. I think Eze or Elise would be perfect options, especially Eze, who we know takes the penalties. Yeah, I think Palace, yeah, they have the three next fixtures are really good. 
uh, as well. So can definitely mention them um, on top of that. Um, yeah, we've also talked a little bit about Spurs and Aston Villa. Um, are you in the same mindset you would keep uh, most of their players or would you sell them? Like, how do you feel about the Spurs and Aston Villa assets going forward, the fixtures that they have? And Newcastle as well. You can, you can bunch them in there as well. Newcastle, I want to get the fuck get the <laughs> fuck out of my team. Um, Spurs players, if I had Son, dude, you got to back Son against the wall sort of thing. He's one of those sort of players where Sheffield United, I'm not going to do fuck all. Looted away, I'm not going to do fuck all. Hello, Liverpool. Hello, Arsenal. I'm going to score both games sort of yeah. thing. So for me, he's great no matter the opposition. Um, but if it's even more difficult opposition, apparently that's when he likes to show up and be like, remember me? Oh, yeah, I'm just as good as Kane. So I think with Son especially, definitely consider it. But if you have like the Romero's Adogis, shift them away. If you have Pedro Poro, that's where I'd say it's a bigger debate because I think Poro, out of all the defenders, um, has looked the best. I mean, he plays sort of like a right winger it's very strange to see how offensive he is um and yeah i mean like that comes from uh his time at sporting and he was amazing like i i'm pretty sure just like bruno i was telling you about pedro poro as well and how he was gonna be a good option for any premier league team that gets him and then fucking hell of course spurs had to be the team that got him (laughs) And he's looked great. Um, so I think Pedro Porro is definitely the one you'd keep out of all the defensive options. And then I would look into whether if there's better options for you elsewhere by selling Son, fine. But I would keep because I think, yes, Aston Villa can be a tricky one at home, but it's still home. Then City away, anything can happen because City always concede. And if they're going to concede to anyone, it's Son. Then they have West Ham. Anything can happen there, but Son is likely going to score. Yeah, then they have does. Newcastle, Newcastle, who who are sort of like an unknown commodity at this point. We don't know how they're going to be looking. If Isak is still injured by that game, 100% have Son. I think Isak is uh, actually going to be back after international break. I think that's the news. Alongside the news that Wilson is out for six weeks, most likely. Isak yeah. is also looking likely to be back. So Yeah. And then uh, Nottingham Forest away, which anything can happen. So I think Son is going to be, like I said, a bit of a differential when some some people will freak out and sell him. And especially if he somehow manages to blank against Aston Villa, 100% people are going to sell him against uh, City away. So I'd say stick with Son. Uh, Aston Villa assets, I'm not convinced. I haven't been convinced of Wally Watkins so far. I've said I I feel lucky not to have cash, but again, he's been unlucky. He could have scored in two games in a row now. Um, but they do have Spurs away, then they have Bournemouth away, and then oh, their first home game back City. Oh, the yeah. second home game Arsenal. <laughs> like it's not looking good, bro. So yeah, I would consider shifting them but make smart decisions if you're going to shift them who are you going to shift them towards i hope you're leaning towards if you have like a maybe like a diaby then you'd go instead for bowen or you do those sort of moves rather than chasing 
I don't know, a Palmer, for example, just because he he's done well. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think that's all right as well. I just wonder with Aston Villa, like, because I have Derby and Cash myself. And my thinking is Spurs now. I think Spurs are sort of there for the taking a little bit because they are sort of in disarray. Sure. And then Bournemouth, even though they have sort of turned it around lately, I still think Aston Villa are a better team and should still beat Bournemouth. Uh, so I think yep. for the next two fixtures, I'm really unsure if I want to keep Derby or not. And I think Cash is just someone that I just. There are not like that many good defenders to get. I already have Chimikas and Gabriel, who I feel like are like the best like uh, explosive options, I guess. Um, so I think I'm just gonna stick with my Aston Villa guys for the next two game weeks, most likely. Um, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing to think about for next week. That's when we're gonna have our next podcast because uh, yeah, we're splitting it into two parts because it is the international break and we sort of have to divide the content there's a lot of things that could happen between now and uh, and next time we talk uh, on the fail school podcast at least because um, we we're going to stay in touch as friends obviously uh, by the way this has been uh, part one of the game week 13 edition i guess of the fps school podcast the game week 12.5 uh, edition like i said it in the beginning thank you for joining me kevin and kevin and as always i'll leave you with the last word and uh, what do you have to say for yourself before we end this podcast you know what? Fuck the decision makers who think that giving Everton a 12-point deduction is fair, but City and Chelsea just get to do whatever the fuck they want and have almost zero repercussions. I think it's completely unfair. I think we're still going to stay up regardless of the points deduction because we're looking that good. And if we do, fuck everyone else. Fair enough. Thank you and goodbye.